Welcome to the World of Wellness, your one-stop shop for education, inspiration, and practical tools to build a healthy, sustainable, holistic lifestyle. I'm your host, Megan Zucra, and together we're gonna get fit, feel good, and have fun. Let's do this. everybody welcome to another episode of the world of wellness center podcast so excited to be here today as always um today we have a special guest and that special guest is maurice scott this was a great interview because marie and i have a lot in common in the way that we think when it comes to health and spirituality so that was a lot of fun and marie specifically helps widows and widowers and i think that was really cool because that is way out of my wheelhouse. And it was fun to learn something from somebody who's experienced that. So in this podcast, Maria will share a story and let me introduce her via, she is recognized by ABC, NBC, and CBS. She's a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and functional medicine health coach on a mission to help widows and widowers rediscover how to live well, laugh more, and even find love again. And using her seven steps to healing after loss, which we talk about in this podcast, um, she helps older people to embrace, enrich, and enjoy their lives once again. So without further ado, let's meet Marie. Okay, Marie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Would you mind starting off and introducing yourself for our listeners? Yes, thank you, May. Pleasure to be here. Uh, so my name is Marie Scott, and um, I am a functional medicine certified health coach, as well as an author and a speaker. Awesome. Um, what I'm curious as to when I was doing my due diligence beforehand, what is functional medicine? That's a very good question. The easiest way I can describe it is getting to the root of the cause, root of the symptom instead of treating symptoms individually. So if you have a headache and you went to a regular doctor, you would be prescribed a headache pill. If you had a backache, you might be prescribed back um, muscle relaxers. If you have diabetes, you're gonna be prescribed um, metformin. If you have high blood pressure, you're gonna be prescribed something else. Right. So um, at the end of the day, um, a good example is my mom. At the end of her life, she lived till 90 which is a good thing about my family history, longevity. But uh, at the end of her life, she's taking probably 20 pills a day. Oh my goodness. And so just the, uh, in, in for myself in particular, I was on high blood pressure meds, high cholesterol. And I kept saying, why though? Why can't I change this with lifestyle changes and uh, with diet changes or food preferences? And nobody could give me an answer until I discovered functional medicine which strives to get to the root of the problem and to find out why you have high blood pressure, why you have chronic stress, why right. you have uh, high cholesterol, instead of giving you individual pills to treat the symptoms. Yeah. And it's looking at all of the different aspects of health, because like if we're high blood pressure, it's probably because we're stressed. Okay. Why am I stressed? Well, maybe it's because I don't like my job. Well, why don't you like your job? So it's yeah really kind of being vulnerable with ourselves to like, look, truly look at our lifestyle. And I learned this stat recently that 95% of all, um, diseases are from faulty lifestyle. Yes. 
which is yes. incredible. And you know, you think about also how that has an impact on the economy. Oh, well, like with the healthcare system, like if 95% of the things that we're being treated for are through lifestyle, mm-hmm. let's imagine what our world would be if it were like that. Imagine um, what the world would be if they taught doctors a little bit about nutrition. That's very true. That's very true. Or even just exercise too. Yeah. Yeah. So what got you into functional medicine? My beloved husband, Dave, of 30 years, passed away from esophageal cancer. And that very same year, my mom passed away from dementia. And the link between cancer and food is very real, as well as the link between Alzheimer's and food. The links are very real and and um, and proven. So I was in technology at the time, a 30-year career with Oracle, and I decided to just shift gears and go back to school to learn more about food as nutrition. And you know, it was too late to save my husband, but it wasn't too late to save myself. And, and even though I was fit, I wasn't healthy. So I walked the golf course every week. I was working out with a trainer uh, for seven years, uh, twice a week, religiously. Uh, I thought I was eating healthy. But when, they, when I went into uh, the Living Proof Institute and they uh, entered me into their essentials program, I actually found out how unhealthy I really was. I suffered from chronic stress. My, I would, even though I was gluten free, I was still eating things out of a box, right. gluten free pasta, buns, desserts. And so I went back to school to become a functional medicine health coach. What I thought would be just to learn more about food as nutrition, it turned out to be life changing, just yeah. totally life changing. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing uh, when I discovered functional medicine, the first thing they did was take a family history. Nobody had ever done that before. And that family history uncovered rampant autoimmune diseases from uh, hypothyroidism to celiac. My sister, my sister, Kathy has Graves disease and um, breast cancer, hypothyroidism, my brother, and even myself, they diagnosed me with autoimmune hepatitis. Well, asking Dr. Google what the heck autoimmune hepatitis was, was just mind blowing. It's they, like they have no clue what, what that even is or what causes it. And so learning more about um, food, just by changing my food preferences, I was able to reverse my high blood pressure, reverse my hypothyroidism, reverse pre-diabetes, I was pre-diabetic. And today I'm totally off all meds. And the lifestyle preference, food preferences that I changed have become a way of life for me now. So they even even made the Italian girl give up pasta and (laughs) tomatoes. So it was dramatic. And within six weeks, I lost 30 pounds and carried around for 20 years. Six weeks, you lost 30 pounds? Six weeks. Just by changing your diet and your lifestyle? Exactly. It's like your body wanted to get rid of it. That's a lot of weight for six weeks. It's a lot of weight for a short person. Yeah. Uh, So I went from a size extra large top. Nobody could believe that um, to a small and a size 12 on the bottom to size six. Wow. So the the change was dramatic. And um, everybody started asking me, what are you, what are you eating? What are you eating? And it's like, "Uh, you know, Doria, could I just come over? I'll cook for you. And so I would just introduce them to, you know, what I was stocking, how I was shopping. And it turned into, it became my life 
part two, my life purpose for life part two, uh, after Dave died to learn how to live well, laugh more and love again. So that's my mission and purpose for other widows and widowers. Uh, to help them learn how to live healthy through clean eating, laugh more through finding something positive, you know, mindset changes, and perhaps even find love again. Yeah, I want to talk about that. But before we move into that, I'm curious as to for your experience um, personally, with when you started making those shifts, what was your mindset like? And how was it so I don't want to call it easy because I don't think it was probably easy, but like how, how was your mindset to be able to make the decision to make those shifts, to change your lifestyle? So I thought, I thought living on a modium was normal. I was traveling a lot with my career, traveling around the world and a modium was in every purse, every pocket, every suitcase. And I thought it was normal. And this was like for 20 years. And so I knew I had gut issues and it was awful. And I was carrying this weight around. I was bloating. I didn't feel well. And after losing Dave, the widow fox set in and the energy was totally depleted. And all of these things um, combined and the chronic stress that I was diagnosed with led me to think, okay, it's six weeks. I can do anything for six weeks. If it's going to help me feel better and get energy back, and reverse this gut, then I'm I'm all in. I'm 100% in, and it it really was a dramatic uh, dramatic um, turnaround in my health, and in such a short time, just by simply changing what I ate, it changed how I felt. And so I learned that what I was eating was causing that brain fog. Also, there's also this thing called widow fog, which is very real. But um, simply by making food changes, food choices, my energy came back, my desire to live came back. It's really traumatic losing a spouse, especially after 30 years. Right. And so every single thing is different. So the mindset was, it's six weeks, you have to do something. And my doctor at the time said, if you don't reverse this chronic stress, that's what's going to kill you. So those pretty powerful words. So I have two questions in there. One, were there ever days that you fell off within that six weeks or like days that you didn't want to? And how, if so, how did you get through? Let, let's ask that question first. Cause then I think your answer will help me with the second question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yes, of course I did. Um, yeah. I was going through a lot at the time. Uh, yeah. didn't know what my purpose in life was anymore. I was all of a sudden one, uh, instead of part of a couple, So every single thing in my life was different. And one thing that, you know, I I would, I would uh, cheat with a little bowl of pasta thinking, no, this is not going to hurt me. Or I'll I'll have uh, shrimp, uh, breaded shrimp. And it without fail, the next morning, it would hit me. Yeah. And so without fail, it's like, you know, better, you know, what this is going to do to your body. So those are, were valuable lessons that is, is, and it's been four years now and it's, they're valuable lessons to stay uh, with the food preferences for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's interesting. There was, there's a point in time of, I don't know, maybe a month ago, but I cut out literally all sugar, all alcohol, all processed carbohydrates. And when I reintroduced it, I was either fatigued or my face broke out or I felt bloated. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that. Like we, we, it, 
I can't believe that food does that to us, but we're so used to it. So then it's just like a constant inundation. So our body goes, okay, well, it's not really, I don't need to pay attention to it. Cause this is just normal. I'm just going to eat this or drink that. And then it'll kind of offset the balance. And it's like a, a negative feedback loop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's so true. I mean, even things like eggs, uh, and I've been lactose intolerant for pretty much my whole life, probably since I was 16. And um, so I still crave an ice cream every now and then. And, you know, if you're willing to pay the price of how you're going to feel, that's fine. Uh, right. Those are, you know, I love ice cream, but um, even eggs, I know when I eat an egg, it's not going to, it doesn't sit well with me. So yeah. just knowing those things and getting educated about it is, is super powerful to keeping you on track. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also a matter of like doing some research on yourself and becoming more aware of yourself to see how different foods interact with different people, you know, cause like for yeah. me, eggs would be like the best thing ever I could eat, <laughs> yeah. but for somebody else, it's not going to sit as well with them. So I think this whole process of health and wellness is really being vulnerable with ourselves and like acknowledging that I'm not healthy. My stress is too high and there's something that needs to change. Um, so I kind (laughs) of got a flow here. I want to talk about your book that you just came out with in the beginning of December. And that is called how you found meaning in widowhood. Yes. Well, how I found meaning and humor he, he okay. Oh, cool. And organic vegetables. Yeah. So it was my, my, my late husband, Dave is a uh, firefighter outside of Toronto. And uh, of course the organic vegetables is a nod to becoming a functional medicine health coach and seeing how dramatic organic really made in my life is eating organic. Um, so my friend joked when she needs antibiotics, she should just go eat a chicken breast. Um, <laughs> But it's it's a profound difference. <laughs> that's hysterical. That's, I I also think that's funny because I just got prescribed antibiotics on Monday and I was like, I'm not taking them. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the that's the uh, the second book. This is actually a um a bestseller. Hit yeah, I want to talk about that one too. That yeah. yeah. So tell me about that one. Let's talk about that one first. The wellness yes. wisdom. This was an amazing collaboration of yeah. my um, tribe uh, under Majid, and it was an amazing collaboration of uh, holistic practitioners and writing about all kinds of different things, like how to deal breaking up with a narcissist. And my, my chapter was on um, on uh, the ashes are scattered now past the asparagus and the seven steps to healing after loss. And it's a, just a wealth of it's a great story, great read, beautiful cover. And, um, that was a lot of fun to collaborate on. So that's the second book. And I've got three more. Oh, the wellness wisdom is the second book. I thought that one was first. Well, it was, well, it was simultaneous. Okay. This was, I think, November 17th. Okay. So yeah, very close together. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, let's, let's, let's talk about I would like to talk about the widowhood. I've never had a conversation properly with um, anybody about it, really. And I think it's something that I, I've i never, I'm not married. I've never, you know, I haven't been in a relationship where I had a huge 
you know, not life-changing thing where I've been with somebody for 30 years, but I do know that a lot of people that I work with are married, they have spouses and, you know, my demographic is a little bit older. So I'm curious as to how, how that health and these, this feeling better helped you through that. Um, well, let me ask you this question. How soon after your husband passed, did you start this wellness journey? So Dave passed away in April and probably that, um, July I decided I I was lying on the floor wondering who I was going to take care of now. And the answer came quickly, you silly. So that's when I decided to, uh, look into functional medicine to try and heal my gut. Yeah. And so that's when my journey started. And then it was amazing. My FM doctor sent me a, um, a uh, email one day said, come be a functional medicine health coach. Well, I didn't even know what functional medicine was new to it, but I didn't know what being a health coach was. So I decided to enter to find, like I said, learn more about nutrition and it turned into be a life changing. My, it was mind blowing life changing uh, um, direction for me. And I learned the power of community and uh, being within a new tribe of like-minded coaches who we coached and were coached every single week for a year through this program. And um, it was all about mindset and healing the mind, body, and spirit. And so after I became a functional medicine health coach, it helped me articulate the seven steps to healing. Yeah. So were the seven steps to healing something that you learned throughout this training? Yes. And also through my journey. Yeah. So when I started to heal myself and feel better uh, through changing my food, I started the widow fog lifted. I had more energy. I got my confidence back and I got my smile back. And about a year and a half later, I decided to pack up my house in uh, Somerville, South Carolina, and just go run an Airbnb in Florida for a couple months. And so while I was there, I said, what, Marie, what are you waiting for? You know, this is a, we lived in a beautiful community, but there was nothing left there for me. And so I decided to uh, just pack up and move. And this glorious condo came up in Sarasota. I rented that for a year. And uh, January, um, two years ago, Sunday, this uh, incredible man walked into my life, met him on the dance floor. And I do believe that my my late husband put him on that dance floor. He's from uh, outside of Bar Harbor, Maine. And um, we danced that night and we've been dancing ever since. So uh, I truly believe that becoming a health coach uh, healed me and opened my heart and let love back in. And a lot of widows and widowers I talk to are like, I've had the best, you know, forget the rest. And so my mindset is, can you have two great loves in your life? And the answer is heck yeah. Yeah. And I'm living proof it can happen. So, yeah, that's so sweet. So, um, tell, tell me about how, tell me more about how the functional medicine training besides the food aspect, how did that help heal you emotionally, mentally from all this? So the seven steps to healing and and the journey that I went through uh, include the number one is food is medicine. And um, that's obvious. Um, Once you feel better inside, you're going to start to feel better on the outside. And then the next thing was for me was movement. And um, 
I think people, when you, they hear movement, make it too complicated. And in my mind, it's nothing more than making sure I move for five minutes every single hour. So, and other things that can be counted as movement that bring joy, like gardening and yoga and, you know, going to the gym and working out with, uh, on a zoom call with my trainer from, uh, from South Carolina, all of the, all different kinds of movement. And uh, it doesn't have to cost anything either. You know, just going for a walk outside is, um, is healing. Getting in your face in the sun is you know, healing uh, for oh. yourselves. Oh, we're made to move. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and you know that part well. Yes. <laughs> and, and then the other thing that suffers when you're a widow is sleep. You know, yep. you, when you, you've slept with this man for 30 years of your life, that's a long time. Yeah. And yeah. when that's gone, that's a tremendous loss every single night, night after night. And if you're not sleeping well and not eating well, you're not going to feel well. So finding ways to improve sleep was key for me because I hated waking up in the middle of the night and being awake for hours. I, I, I know the power of sleep and restoration. And so uh, there's lots of really good ways that you can improve your sleep. Yeah. So this all is sounding to me like you heal your body. You also heal your mind. Yes. And the, and the next step is meditation. And I never thought I was a, I never, I never thought it was my cup of tea, you know, monkey brain and I couldn't sit still. And, but, you know, I thought again, uh, if you do something for 30 days, it said it can become a habit. So I committed to a 30 day program and all kinds of stuff came up in that during that 30 days, a good, a negative emotional, but once that 30 days was up, I looked forward to waking up in the morning and just sitting. And sometimes I would just even lie there and put my AirPods in and, and listen to a guided meditation or just listen to music. And it just it, now it's non-negotiable. Every right. single morning I wake up and I'll sit and, and take from 10 minutes to 20 minutes and just sit and meditate. And so many things have come to me through meditation, including the 12 chapters of my book. <laughs> including the vision for, you know, Marie Scott wellness, including, yeah. you know, the seven steps to healing. It's amazing. It's meditation is magical. I would agree. I think meditation is a really great space to get inspiration and insight. You know, I think what they said, like, um, Med- or, uh, praying is talking to God and then meditation is listening. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I totally hear you of like, you get big insights when you sit quiet and that's such a hard thing to do. I actually, I have a question related to this, but like, it is so hard to, you know, it was funny because I was, I sat down this morning to do some breathing and I put music on. And then as I was doing my breath hold within my breathing practice, I'm like, why, why am I listening to music right now? But I was like, yeah. cause you're afraid to have the silence. Like you're afraid of what's going to come up within the silence. So, you know, I, I had that awareness of like, okay, well, I don't actually, I, I want the silence. Like yeah. in your experience, how, how did you move through that? I don't want to sit here. This is uncomfortable. I'm afraid of what's going to show up and having that negative emotion. Like what kind of pushed you to come and sit down again when you were experiencing those in the first 30 days? So I went through an incredible program. I, I, I've been through, I've had the calm app on my phone for like a hundred years 
And it just sat there unused. And once in a while, I put it on and just couldn't quiet the mind. And then I went through Deepak and Oprah. And then I went through um, yeah, a bunch of other programs. But I finally settled on uh, Ziva. And it was an online course. Oh. And it was before COVID. But that online course was a commitment for 30 days. And, and I get a video each morning you know, talking about the morning's uh, purpose and and, you know, just sitting for 20 minutes quiet. And it that was incredible. That changed my feeling about meditation, flipped it to the positive. So it was really due to that, that online course that shifted my perception of meditation. So what was your feeling beforehand about meditation? That it would never work for me. I and why did you I think that? Sit. Okay. Have you always been like a pretty busy person? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mine goes a mile a minute, you know, thinking about, you know, 50 million things. And yes, always been very, very busy. Uh, monkey, I call it monkey brain. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I, so, okay. So, man, so many questions here. Let me, um, <laughs> let me look at my notes really quick. <laughs> And I'll talk about the next step. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Let's do that. <laughs> Cause I'm like, my brain's got so many questions at once. Are coming through. <laughs> this, is, this is the good one. Yeah. Okay, good. Laughter. All right. So are we at number four? We're at number four now. Five. Five. Okay. So we yeah, have the food, the movement, food, movement, sleep, sleep, meditation. Meditate. Got it. Number laughter. five. Laughter. Increased laughter. Okay. Yes. Let's because talk about when it. You, when you laugh, it reduces, everybody knows it releases all those feel good endorphins that, you know, feel good chemicals. And when you laugh, you, you, you feel more attractive and you're more attractive to other people. And when you smile and laugh, other people, a smile begets a smile. And that's how I met Jeff on the dance floor. So uh, we laugh every single day and it just makes you feel so good. It makes your heart just burst with joy when you can find laughter again. And it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. You know, first time I, I, I laughed out loud, maybe about seven, eight months after Dave died, I had to do a double take. Like, what is that noise? Because it's so it was so foreign. Yeah. And so it just felt so good to laugh again. So was there, I mean, did you watch like comedy stuff to try to get you to laugh? Or did you start playing? Or was it just like, did you did you try to laugh again? Or was it just something that happened naturally? It happened naturally. Yeah. And I love a good joke and I love funny movies. And I think I, I think I watched Major League for like the hundredth time. And Major League always makes me smile and chuckle. So it was a combination of things. And also the grief had settled down a little bit by then. Yeah. And it wasn't just, you know, overwhelmed with sorrow and, and sadness and depression. I was actually looking up to see the light a little bit more, looking outside to see the light. And that made me smile. And that leads to laughter. So lots of different ways you can increase laughter as well. So, I mean, I'm curious where we get to the next one, but I mean, so through this grieving process, like, did you, did, was it kind of like, did it, how did it feel? I guess, like, did you feel heavy? Was it kind of like all of these things that you're talking about? Was it a challenge to do them? And like, in how, you know, do you, I don't, <laughs> I think you know what I'm asking, but like, how did, how did you push through all these when you were going through the grieving process and what did that feel like? 
it was uh, incredibly overwhelming. It felt like I had a boulder on my shoulders that was just crushing you down into the earth. And now it's not so much a boulder as it's little pebbles I carry around in my pocket yeah. because the grief never goes away. I mean, it's right. a long time, uh, especially with someone you love so, so deeply. And so that's the, that's my description of grief. And it, it was also like a bulldog. It was ready to grab you by the neck and throw you down. And, and, and it would throw me down often in the master closet in, in my old house. And I just find myself sobbing uncontrollably. I've never cried this much in my life. I'm a pretty positive person. I was. And um, so the grief journey is different for every person. It's overwhelming. Every single thing is different from shopping and, and having to buy uh, one piece of salmon and one one filet and, and one piece of chicken. And I remember the first time I was in the supermarket, I was in tears. I was overwhelmed because mm-hmm. I was asking for one thing instead of two. So that's actually my next book is Cooking with a Side of Kleenex. So, oh, I love it already. Yeah. And, and I, well, that's going to go ahead. I'm sorry. Go. <laughs> I think it's important for, because if you're not cooking for yourself, you're, you're not eating well. Right. And you're, you're going to, you're going to want to cheat and have a sandwich and, and cheese and pop cheese right. and crackers or popcorn. But if you learn how to eat cook for yourself and cook simply and with leftovers, then you're going to feel better. Um, I'm actually really curious about that. <laughs> From a personal perspective. And it's funny because I talked to all of my friends who are single and my mom lives by herself. And we always talk about like, it is hard to cook for yourself and like, you know, how to do it properly. Cause you gotta, you gotta be strategic about it. You gotta plan it. You can't buy too much. And it's almost like an art form to cook for one cooking for two is easy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the subtitle cooking for one, two or 20, uh, because I, I always cook for two and a lot of uh, empty nesters and divorce people say it's just me. I'm not going to cook. Right. And I learned early on, if you were going to cook, you're not going to eat well. Right. So in the cookbook, it's all about keeping it simple and keeping things stock so that you don't uh, succumb to junk food. Things like frozen uh, salmon fillets that you can thaw in 20 minutes and yeah. you know have dinner in 12 minutes. So all kind of simple things. And if you can cook for one, of course, you can cook for two. Right. And if you can cook for two, you can cook for 20. You just need bigger pots. Right. All right. I think that was, we stopped at number five. Yes. With the meditation. Yeah. Five is laughter. Laughter. Sorry. Geez. All right. Let's recap right here. Just so our listeners can still follow along. One, we got the food. Two is the movement. I feel pressure now. (laughs) (laughs) Three is sleep. Four is laughter. Five is meditation. No, four is meditation. Yes. Five is laughter. Yes. And now we're at a number six. Yes. Okay. And for me, number six was develop healthy relationships. Okay. And a lot of widows and widowers are the same because you are surrounded by lots of, you can be surrounded by lots of negative friends and family who think you they know what you're going through, but they don't really. Nobody does unless you've been through this. And so really number six was develop healthy relationships and unsubscribe to negative family and friends, because when you're grieving, it's overwhelming enough without being dragged down by negative energy. So in what ways did you, did you, were there relationships that you had to stop listening to and how did you create new ones that better served you? 
I created a meetup group in uh, outside of Charleston, and it was called Widowhood Sucks, especially after 50. And so it was a group of like-minded widows. We got up to 100 members, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And um, it became a, a way of communicating with other people that knew what you were going through. So finding a tribe and finding a community for me was key. Uh, there are grief groups, there's grief share, there's support groups. And I've even got a group uh, for Marie Scott Wellness that is um, creating a tribe or community of people that know what you're going through. And that to me was key. Even my coaching tribe, uh, we knew each other's stories and they knew what I was going through. Uh, that was an incredible experience to, to get new people into your life. Yeah. And then just unsubscribing to negative friends and family. Yeah. I'm curious as to with, uh, and I really haven't really kind of been a part of, um, I mean, I haven't been a part of a group like this, but I'm curious as to, is there a way that you have to guide groups? Because I think sometimes when we bond over something negative, it's really easy to allow ourselves to keep talking negative. So you kind of have to like, you have to hold space for the, the bad feeling to be able to process it and move it through, but not stay in it. You know, is there like a system or tools that you use to like feel the emotion, have the emotion, but then like work through it? Or was it just kind of like, we're here, this is healing, let it out kind of thing? The purpose, at least in my community, my Facebook group is to help widows and widowers learn to live well through healthy eating tips, with cooking recipes, with tips on meditation, with healthy, positive tips, and going through the seven steps in my Facebook group and sharing personal stories like the last time Dave ate a blueberry and what that means to me today when I see blueberries and, and, you know, just allowing those, uh, the grief to come through uh, in a safe place to say their name, because a lot of times people always just stop talking about it. You can never stop talking about uh, your past. And, and so that's what the purpose of the Facebook group is. Yes, to vent and yes, I'm feeling stuck and how do I move forward? And then accountability in that group to help everybody march one step at a time forward. That's beautiful. All right. What's number seven? Find new purpose. Ooh, let's talk about it. Can't wait. <laughs> Love yes. it. That's got to be a tough one. It is. It really is. Uh, so becoming a health coach for me was finding new purpose in life yeah. and uh, articulating. What was your purpose beforehand, do you feel? Well, that's the thing. I, I think about that a lot. And I think, how did I get to be this age and not know what my purpose in life was? And somebody said, well, your purpose in life was, you know, live life large with, with, with Dave and travel the world. And, you know, I was still working and I loved my job. I was traveling all over and giving presentations and demonstrations with, with uh, Oracle. But uh, once, once Dave died, it's like, wow, this doesn't fulfill me anymore. Cause I used to travel for the perks of, uh, you know, more travel, right. We would travel around the world on points, but that motivation was gone. So now I have this job. It's like not fulfilling at all. Having meltdowns in airports all over the country and nobody to come home to, uh, yeah. and, Dave picked me up for 30 years, picked me up and dropped me off at the airport. And then all of a sudden I didn't feel like home anymore. So like, okay, what are you going to do now? 
And and a lot of a lot of women I talk to, especially, say they feel stuck. They can't even think about moving on to anything new. And so the purpose of of, of the last of find new purpose. There are things that you might have enjoyed before you're, you're, you lost your spouse, like painting or uh, travel, or uh, in my case, it was going back to school, taking a course, go back dancing lessons. So there are a lot of different ways you can find new purpose, but you have to because otherwise you're just going to stay stuck right. and not want to embrace life again. Well, and that, that also kind of makes me think of like staying young at the same time. And I, and I don't. I'm, I mean that in the sense, like you're stimulating your brain, right? So like, and you're giving yourself something else to, I mean, you're keeping your mind sharp, but then also like, you're still progressing and you're, you're just evolving yourself rather than just staying in this one space where the, all you knew, but the learning something new helps you grow as a person, literally. And we're going to start, we're going to keep growing until the day we die. Yes. (laughs) All right, Marie, there's so much here. Um, where can people learn more about you and find your book, all that good stuff? The website is Marie Scott Wellness. You can send me an email at marie at mariescottwellness.com. And you can find me on Facebook, Marie Scott Wellness. I also have a private uh, Facebook group for widows and widowers, and that's called well, uh, Widowhood to Wellness. And, and they can find me there as well. Cool. Uh, there's a couple of questions to, to verify that you are actually a widow or widower, which is keeps the group safe for everybody. And I'm also holding a retreat and you'll find that on my Facebook page, well, Maurice Got Wellness. And I'm pretty excited. I've got five spots left and that's coming up at the end of March, uh, March 27th in Magical Siesta Key. And one thing, one of the things I learned was being on the beach and grounding in sand and getting into the ocean water actually soaks your body with magnesium, which helps you sleep. So it's actually, it's a healing retreat. So we're going to, we're going to cook well. We're going to talk about sleep. We're going to meditate. We're going to do beach towel yoga. Marie's basically my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm excited about that. Um, and Instagram as well. And yeah. I'm also launching my online course, Seven Steps to Healing. Love it. And stay tuned for that. That's coming soon. So I'm excited about that. Getting the word out that, you know, if you're a widow, widow you can embrace life again. That's what yeah. your partner would have wanted. Beautiful. And we'll put links to all those in the show notes so people can easily find them. Marie, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to talk more. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks.